Heather was nervous about reading that reading on her wedding anniversary about wives submitting to their husband and just waiting to see her husband staring at her, wondering why she hasn't understood that yet. But the good news is that that reading has so much more to say than women be submissive to your husbands. And always remember, especially in light of some recent trends on one extreme or the other extreme of feminism, that that whole um, scripture reading starts with, be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the context. And then it actually starts with men and women and goes on to say, actually, this is about Christ and his love for the church. It's one of the most beautiful readings on the way marriage is a reflection of God himself, Christ himself, and how we're called to be that faithful reflection. Without separating from that, it's important to realize that when you ask Jesus himself, hey, what are you about? What are you doing? What's your purpose? What are you looking for? And there's the point, like, it's asking, what is this kingdom that you've devoted your whole life to? What is this thing that you keep preaching about? Why do you keep calling these people to, to come after you? What does that even mean? What are you about? And I think it's worth us pondering, like, he might have said, well, I'm forming an army that will take over the world. Give me five years and it'll be done. But that's not what it was. Or I'm going to build this vast plantation of thousands and thousands of acres, and it'll be beautiful, and it'll take just a little while, and y'all can come live here. The whole world can come find peace in my farm or my hacienda, whatever. Instead, he says, it's like a mustard seed. And I'd love to help us understand what was the Jewish reaction what it had to have been when they were waiting. This is the one that Moses promised was going to come. He's the new Moses. He's going to redeem us. He's going to save us from the Roman oppression. And Jesus says, well, it's like a mustard seed. Wait, what? They had to listen. They had to scratch their heads. They had to really sit there and digest. Like, wait, what do you mean by that? That's not what we were waiting for. Who wants a mustard seed? And if you think about what our Lord is doing... The, the first thing he's doing, he, he is absolutely calling people, gathering people into this kingdom that he talks about. That word gathering later on is where we get the term church. So we could ask this parable is, what is the church? What is this gathering that you're doing? He's talking about a seed planted in a garden. Quick flashback to the first reading, the wedding. The seed in the garden. And from the mixture of those two, from the seed planted in the soil, up comes the growth, the fruit, the, the, it's kind of beautiful, this thing that feeds and nourishes all the birds of the air. This thing that makes the difference in the, in the, in the flower to make it become leavened bread. God and man together that produces this tree or this mustard seed tree that we call the church, the kingdom. It's like a mustard seed planted in the garden that, that starts off the smallest of all the seeds and becomes this huge bush to, to nourish so many. And when you talk about the church or the kingdom, it's worth understanding like a, a bifocal glasses, there's two levels, two layers if you want. The personal micro, like God planting the seed in my own heart, that's the church, that's the kingdom right here in my own heart. Started when the first person told me about Jesus Christ and I was baptized, and that kingdom of God in me, that grace, that life of God, started to grow. And my following of him, hopefully, if I cultivated the seed, if I did my part, 
it became more influential. Like the leaven in the life of so many priorities and tasks, this seed made the difference, became the, the dominant factor in my life. That kingdom of God in my own heart, that church that is me, I am the church. I am the kingdom, the presence of God in the world today because of what he's done for me. And we are called to become, over time, women of the kingdom, men of the kingdom. People see in our lives that point of reference. This is what life looks like. This is why God made us. Imitate this. And Jesus also clarified in another parable the different kinds of soil and garden it might find. That's another topic about how I can impede the kingdom or support the kingdom and cultivate it in my own garden. But also the macro level. Not just myself, but every single individual that Jesus was gathering. He started with a small group in nowhere Palestine and that little mustard seed against all expectations outlasted Rome, grew bigger than the Roman Empire, literally has covered the entire earth of those who follow Christ, the kingdom, the gathering, the church of Christ. So it literally did become like from the tiny little seed to a huge mustard seed plant or bush, this thing that can nourish so many, has nourished so many. And nourish them with what? The sacraments that started with just little few baptisms here, Holy Communion, Holy Communion in Jerusalem to Holy Communion all over the world. You can go to any church and find the kingdom of God right there in the tabernacle. The nourishment of God. The catechism, the teachings, the wisdom. Started as one line. I believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Savior. That was it. Ichthys, the fish. That's why they have the fish. The initials of that first creed. And now it's like a volume of wisdom which anybody wants to, beginning with ourselves, but also why not politicians, could find so much wisdom about what is man? What is he looking for? What does the common good of humanity actually look like? Would you, would you care to read it before you come up with your policies? It's right there to nourish the entire world. And it's grown to this huge, immense treasure, not to mention the volumes of commentary in libraries. So much wisdom for us to benefit from. That mustard seed is huge today. And you take all the models of what today you hear people call as churches, or this church, or that church, this religion, that religion. What, which one fits this model that Jesus himself described? Which one started like a little mustard seed and has so many qualities that Jesus mentioned? And we say, well, I don't, I don't like the Catholic Church because, you know, I think it, if it really were of God, it would have already had us won over to it. To it. And too many people oppose the Catholic Church. Well, our Lord didn't hide that. It's going to be gradual. It's going to take time. It's taken 2,000 years. So it's just a lot of little factors we could say, like the, the Church of, of, of Christ, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, meets all the criteria that Jesus used to describe what is the real kingdom? What was Christ, Christ trying to do? Would you dare to say that Christ was trying to found and grow the Roman Catholic Church? Can we make that connection? Is it that hard? What happened? Why does it have so many struggles? Why is the Church so divided today in the Protestant Catholic yeah, look at the soil, look at the obstacles that it came across. But wasn't he trying to give us that clear point of reference that started as Peter, James, and John, and over hundreds and hundreds of successors has now reached the entire world. We ask the Holy Spirit to really open our minds, what is the church? Who am I? And what does life look like when I strive to follow our Lord Jesus Christ? Any way I want it to, or is there a set path 
that the human heart most responds to. Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.